Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I was refused to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for January the 31st in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed. We use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers. One of the great peaceful restorative solutions we still have at our fingertips. And as you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to the broadcast. Hope you're all doing fantastic. Pray you had a God family country style weekend and hard hitting news. The networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. First off, a recap of Saturday's show. We had a guest on Michael Storm, and uh, Michael is the host of a radio program called Toward Anarchy, and uh, it's a radio show slash podcast uh, on the Republic Broadcasting Network and then on Michael Storm's website, ToardAnarchy.com. And Michael um, is a broadcast and journalism professional of more than 20 years, uh, including top 50 markets in radio and uh, television. Uh, he's been a producer, a host, and a whole lot more. Anyway, he's fun to talk to. And uh, we talked about Sen- Senator Mitt Romney test positive for the COVID. Even though he and his wife, Ann, are fully vaccinated and boosted, he still got the cocoa, proving the vaccines don't work. Our prayers are with his family. I don't agree with the senator on anything, but I sure hope he and his family are okay. Vaccinated parents, uh, they say, give COVID protection. To unvaccinated children, study finds USA Today. So to those of you who say the vaccine doesn't affect those around the vaccinated, oh, yes, it does. Proof is in the pudding. USA Today with the article. Or are they peddling fake news? Huh? Biden literally shook hands with people without wearing a mask Friday in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, despite telling everybody that wearing a mask is your, quote, patriotic duty. Joe, by the way, now is set to put forth guidelines regulating cryptocurrencies in the coming weeks. The initiative, believe it or not, will involve all kinds of government agencies. They say the State Department, the Treasury Department, the National Economic Council, the Council of Economic Advisors, and the White House, just to name a few. Oh, yeah, I forgot the National Security Council will be involved as well. (laughs) It will charge the agency with, quote, developing a coherent regulatory framework. For digital assets, they say. Sounds scary as all get out, uh, and it sounds like the opposite of everything digital currency or the crypto folks stood for, right? Time will tell how that goes. That was hour one. Hour two, we continued with Michael Storm. Incredible interview. Uh, no, I'm sorry. We dropped Michael, and I continued, I guess. Does Sam really agree with the anarchy movement is the question. you got to go back and listen. You'll know. Senator Rand Paul grills Anthony Fauci for trying to suppress, quote, lab leak theory. More evidence coming out that Fauci knew the lab leak theory was way more reality than fiction, but yet he chose to squash it. The mainstream press doing the bidding of Fauci. What a shame it is. But the truth comes out and shall make us free. 
We've talked about Toyota, believe it or not, now working with, quote, Japan Space Agency on a vehicle called Lunar Cruiser to explore the lunar surface. They say they have ambitions to help people live on the moon by 2040 and then move on to live it on Mars. Yeah, you think people are going to be living on the moon by 2040? <laughs> not hardly, since we never went to the moon yet, by the way. We're going to have an incredible upcoming interview to highlight that on your radio soon. Frank Sinatra, quote, fly me to the moon. We played that song because it was kind of relevant to the Japanese, uh, you know, lunar vehicle story. We also talked about scientists take issue with Joe Rogan podcast, okay? They say that the discussion relating to experts by guest Jordan Peterson is dangerous nonsense. Now, Jordan Peterson, in my opinion, made the most salient argument. doesn't matter if you're a scientist. doesn't matter if you're, quote, expert in your field. Jordan Peterson appeared as a guest, telling an estimated 11 million listeners that climate models get less reliable the further out you go, the further out you look. As with weather forecasts or anything else, as you stretch out the models across time, the errors increase radically, said Peterson. Now, I don't see how you disagree with that. I don't see how scientists can disagree with that if they have any common sense whatsoever. We're going to bring on Lowell Nelson, campaign for everybody.org now. And Lowell, I don't know if you heard this argument, but Jordan Peterson uh, was on the Joe Rogan podcast. And he basically said, hey, climate change, the longer they, you know, project the models, the less accurate the models are. The further you go out, the more time, uh, the greater chance for error. Now, this is a fundamental scientific fact, but yet the scientists all now attacking uh, Jordan and attacking Joe Rogan for making such a claim, saying how irresponsible and uh, they are. You're a computer guy for a living. If you create a computer model, the longer the model goes, isn't it logical there's more errors? Well, yeah, of course. I mean, if, if you're talking about over time, right, with time. Yeah, he's so, just so, saying the further out you go, the longer time you try to project for, the more errors there mm -hmm. will be in your model by factual scientific reality. I don't care if you're an expert in the field or not. That is the facts. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. You know, the only way you can get better, Sam, is if you have data which, which you track and which you factor into your current model. So, like, if you're always a day late and you estimate you're going to get something to me on – on day five, but you always get to me on day six. See, I can, I can, I can build my model to, to always, uh, you know, compensate for the fact that you're always uh, underestimating, right? And so I can get, I can get more and more accurate. But that requires that the model be self-correcting. And so, you know, if, if you have data points along the way, then sure, yeah, you can become more accurate with time. But, but, but still, even if you have data points along the way, the longer you're, the further out over time your model is. I don't care what data you have in the past. If you're talking about the future, the longer the model is, the greater chance for error, just based on fact. The longer the numbers of calculations, the longer, the greater the numbers of calculations, the longer the number of days or time I don't care what model you have. You might be more accurate than if you don't have data. I agree, but you're still going to be less accurate over time. It's impossible not to. More transactions, more projections, more assumptions um, creates more possibilities for errors. It is not debatable. There you go. Yep. And they literally take him on and say he's not an expert in the field. How dare him? Shame on them. Kick Joe Rogan off Spotify because they're peddling climate change uh, fake news and dishonesty. 
It is amazing. Their credibility now, when they say this kind of thing, even the average American can go, wait a minute. Even though I'm not a scientist, that doesn't make sense to me. They've gone now and they've crossed the Rubicon of pure idiocy, and their whole credibility is being destroyed with the preposterous claims they're making and the people they're attacking that are so common sense. Even the average American could see it this time, Lowell. Yeah, that's the that's the value really for the the idiocy of uh, politicians and their claims and the newspapers and their claims and big pharma and their claims. I mean, even the common man can begin to see through that nowadays. Sam, let me tell you why I spend so much time on that, ladies and gentlemen. Let's apply this to the voting reality now. Headline: Ten reasons to end. Listen, V, B, M. That stands for vote. By mail, right, Lowell? That's right. All right, so the more transactions you put the voter ballot through, the more interactions, the more transactions, the more, the longer it takes to get my ballot, one, filled out by me, and the more transitions it goes to to get the ballot to me and back safe for counting, uh, the more uh, involvement there, the less reliable it will be. We're talking about the same reality principle here, aren't we, Lowell? Yeah, it sure sounds, sounds like it, Sam. All right, let's, let's talk about this for a minute then. Ten reasons to end vote by mail. And all of these reasons really have to do with what I kind of highlighted here. This is a scientific fact. The more hands you put something through, the more places something is delivered, just like this time over, you know, climate data, the more details the more complicated it becomes and the greater room for error. And vote by mail has the greatest amount of details in all voting thus far, Lowell. That's right, Sam. So we call this chain of custody. In other words, who has control of your ballot from the moment it leaves your hands until the moment it's counted? Well, chain of custody issues goes way up, meaning the opportunity for corruption or the opportunity for failure of the system goes way up the more issues you have, chain of custody. And so you might fill out your ballot at your kitchen table and then put it in an envelope. You can put it out in your post office, I mean, in your mailbox. Mailman picks it up. And, of course, it goes down to the post office, and then they handle it. They decide where it goes, and it goes to another bin, and then it goes to a bag, and the bag goes to, you know, the county clerk's office, and they're, they you know, handle it uh, several times before it gets to the counting room. Well, that's very different from the old-time way of voting, which is you show up at the poll, you get the ballot in your hands, you cast the ballot, and then you put the ballot back in the counting box for the box to be counted. And so, Hold on, and hold on. All the while, that box is locked, at least it's supposed to be. That's right, and people are watching that box. And so they, they, people, poll watchers can see that nothing has gone into that box that shouldn't. And so there is no chain of custody issue in that scenario. Sam? When we come back, we'll talk more about it because Lowell didn't even talk about the leg where they just send out a ton of ballots, possibly getting them in the wrong hands before you sit down at your kitchen table to fill it out, too. We're going to go over these 10 reasons. This is serious business, folks. But the principles that we talk about relating to Joe Rogan absolutely apply. Doesn't matter what field you're in. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine. 
the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. I think that my family has always had a big influence on me for not smoking because since I was little, I was taught that smoking was wrong. Recent studies indicate that smoking among teens often leads to the use of alcohol and other drugs. I think having faith in God is a big part in it because the way I was raised has helped to avoid smoking. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Isn't this great? Just the two of us. No work, no interruptions, no phone, no TV. Finally, we have a chance to just talk. I mean, how long has it been? Well, first of all, we should talk about your schedule. There are a few things that could use some adjusting, but overall, I think it's going all right. Basically, I, I think we're doing a pretty good job of communicating, which is good. You're doing a really good job of letting me know how you feel about things. I just, I, I want to keep the, the lines open, if you know what I mean. Jerry? It's four o'clock in the morning. What are you doing? Oh, I was, <laughs> I was just giving Emily a bottle. Who are you talking to? Emily. She's only three weeks old, and she's asleep. I know. I was just practicing. Family, isn't it about time? Isn't this great? Just the three of us. No work, no interruptions, no phone. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, RonPaulInstitute.org with me. We're talking about real serious issues, folks. We're talking about this reality, whether it be Joe Rogan and climate change discussion or whether it be Lowell Nelson and vote ballot discussions. We got to have an end to VBM. That's vote by mail. There's 10 reasons to end that, ladies and gentlemen. We got to return to paper ballots counted by your neighbors. Join us today. SecureVoteUtah.org to learn more about it or get a secure vote, whatever your state is, uh, rolling in your area. But I'm saying to you that everything you highlighted is true, Lowell, uh, but that's uh, not even counting when they just send out the ballots blanket to everyone under the sun. Who knows how many ballots get into the wrong hands before you even sit down at the kitchen table. So what we're talking about is a very controlled situation where you go to the voting booth, you take a paper ballot in your hand, you vote. You then put it in a box that's locked and watched so we know the ballot got in, my right, in, the, in the correct hand. We also know then that it's under very controlled conditions, and it's a very limited amount of time. If I vote at 8 a.m. or I vote at 6 p.m., it's only several hours under very public scrutiny, uh, my ballot. The, cust- the chain of custody is solid as a rock in there. But now when you send out ballots to millions, and you do it weeks, possibly months in advance, you have now increased the time and the number of transactions and exposures under less rigorous, narrow, safe, protected conditions. And now you've opened up a can of worms based on this very principle uh, that we're talking about, Lowell. 
Well, you, you, you hit it nail on the head there. Counterfeit ballots uh, can be introduced into the system this way. In fact, the group called uh, True the Vote uh, put, for, put, put together data showing that various individuals, the same individuals, repeatedly visited ballot box locations, you know, drop box locations, and they did so in a methodical manner, um, uh, you know, day after day. And so they would visit these drop box locations and they were stuffing the drop boxes with ballots. So these counterfeit ballots that got introduced into the system. Uh, it's just one of the 10 reasons why we need to end vote by mail. Another one is that you got central tabulation by computers and nobody can watch your computer count a ballot. It's physically impossible because it happens with elect electricity, right? Electrons inside the computer. So there's no way that a person can actually watch a computer count ballot. It just doesn't, doesn't work that way. Where if you go to manual count, which is what SecureVote Utah is, is pushing, then yes, onlookers can watch the ballots being counted one by one. So there's no question about the veracity of the outcome of the election. You don't have to show ID to vote by mail, Sam. You know, when you visit a polling location, you have to show ID in order to, uh, to get your ballot and write your name down in the, the log there. But uh, if you vote by mail, uh, don't have to. Who knows who voted that ballot that came in the mail? Nobody knows. Well, and uh, there's, these are just, those are just five reasons so far. Uh, sixth reason, the secret ballot, you know, it, it may not be so secret. If you vote by mail, if you vote on the kitchen table, then what about the coercive influence maybe of a family member who uh, is there at the kitchen table helping you vote, so-called, you know, quote-unquote helping you vote? Well, that's not a completely secret ballot. Whereas you go to a voting booth at a precinct location, you just you and you alone in that voting booth, it truly is a secret ballot or even not to man not to mention secret even in this case what if i know that my spouse or you know that your spouse or your adult son or daughter or whatever you know they vote in a way that you don't approve of so they fill out their ballot they set it in a pile for the mail to go out and i take out the mail put it in the mailbox and i just deep six that ballot yeah man now you can say well sam uh, come on now that's your family i know i get it i'm just telling you every opportunity for error increases the longer the time frame is in other words the openness uh, of that and the less custody or the less guarantee uh, that those ballots are in safe uh, non-tamperable situations that's what we're talking about and the likelihood of climate change models being inaccurate and the likelihood of this vote um, custody chain of custody being accurate uh, increases in a very negative way over time and with how many transactions or whatever you want to say transitions uh, these ballots take Lowell. exactly right and counting these ballots that are returned by mail takes days uh and and, and you have this week you have it's like three weeks where early voting can occur and then you've got days after the the final day election day where counting occurs and it just takes forever you know and, and it takes longer now to uh, to determine the the outcome of the election, and it did decades ago when we just counted them by hand on the day of the election. That razor-close presidential election of 1960 between Nixon and JFK is an example, but everybody knew that before morning, before morning the next day, 
who had won that election, whereas nowadays it would take weeks before you, you know. Um, and even things that may not be directly related to fraud. For example, <clears throat> well, we had a holiday. Therefore, mm-hmm. we need to have an extra day that the ballots can come in by the mail. Or, you know what, the mail had a, a, a blip. They've been overwhelmed by, um, you know, some holiday or some this or some that or whatever. It, even debates that are common sense can change the outcome of elections. Even if there's not intention of fraud, there's just, uh, well, we got to agree on exactly when the cutoff is going to be. And we extended it or in this county, it's this time. In that county, it's that time. And uh, there's anomalies here, folks. This is why I'm saying that it increases the odds uh, that things are not on the up and up. They're not correct even for simple things such as that, Lowell? Yeah. One other big one is, is there's no exit polling when you vote by mail. An exit poll has been shown to be the most accurate indicator of the outcome of, of an election. And if an, ele- an exit poll differs from the election results by more than one or two percentage points, then you know you can rightly suspect that the election has been tainted Exit polling is so helpful, but we don't get any of it in votes by mail. So those are just, uh, I've just enumerated seven or eight reasons of the ten. You can go to securevoteutah.org to to, to catch every single reason and review them in more detail. But those are some of the most important reasons why we need to get rid of vote by mail. And by the way, I just noticed uh, a couple weeks ago that the Pennsylvania State Supreme Court ruled, well, I, I don't know which court it was, take that back, one of the state courts in Pennsylvania ruled that voting by mail was unconstitutional in their state. It's kind of a landmark decision. This may be the beginning of turning the tide against uh, voting by mail. Sam? And one last point on this before we move on to other topics. I find this fascinating. You would think that everybody would be clearly for this. You would think everyone would want the custody of ballots to be in the most secure uh, state possible for the least amount of time possible. It's obvious that that would, you know, produce the most transparent, stable, consistent, honorable results. But you know what? We're getting fights about this tooth and nail, and you kind of wonder what drives the agenda to think the other way. Same thing with climate change. Maybe they've got an agenda that doesn't square with the reality. Either way, securevoteutah.org, get involved if you're in Utah, or start your own secure vote, whatever, in your state. But for Utah, securevoteutah.org, we got to return to paper ballots counted by your neighbors, ladies and gentlemen. All right, the Utah Legislative Session is in session. It's 45 days long. I call it the reign of terror. Uh, And it's only nine days in. And wow, boy, howdy, do we have... uh, a crazy, uh, I don't even know what to say. It's like the reign of terrors. The only way I know to describe it, Lowell. <laughs> well, as an example of what is so terrible about it, uh, on the agenda in today's Utah House Judiciary Committee meeting, which convenes at 2 o'clock this afternoon, is a bill, HB 99, entitled Civil Commitments Amendment. So I read this bill, and I opposed the bill because it, um, would grant to a local health authority, to a local health and, uh, person, authority to take a child away from his parents simply because the child's parents do not consent to an evaluation or a treatment, you know, such as a vaccine, and 
someone else comes along, someone else like a doctor or healthcare worker, believes the child has a mental illness, such as believing in God, for example. I mean, we have a lot of people who think that believing in God is a mental illness. So it's not a stretch to believe that some healthcare worker can, you know, look at your child who happens to believe in God and say, he's mentally ill. We got to take him away from his parents because we got to save him from himself. We got to save him from other other people. Sam? Believing in an unknown higher deity than government is certainly a mental illness. They would lie. What they're really after is control of your children. <clears throat> we'll talk more about it and we'll talk about what we need to do to stand against it in seconds with Lowell Nelson on your radio. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Senators are very close to reaching a deal on legislation to sanction Russia over its actions on Ukraine, including some measures that may take effect before any invasion. Senators Bob Menendez, the Democrat chairman for the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, and James Reich, its top Republican, hope to move forward on the bill this week. Russia has been building up its forces on Ukraine's border for months and has made several demands from the West and NATO countries. Many homes and businesses were without power in Massachusetts after a historic blizzard hit the region over the weekend, with Boston tying its record for the most snowfall in one day, 23.6 inches, and recorded its sixth largest snowstorm of all time. Authorities in New York's Long Island have confirmed four storm-related deaths. New York City Mayor Eric Adams. The heavy uh, snow can result in widespread travel issues. USA Radio News. Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. It's really fantastic. You know, I'm pretty active sports-wise, and no muscle strains. I get up in the morning, I have no stiff back, nothing. I never get sick. I mean, literally, never get sick. And if I feel like there's a little something coming on, I'll take like a mega dose. Next day, it's gone. I mean, just my overall health is fantastic. And I, I plan to continue taking this because I'm convinced that it absolutely contributes to your well-being, to your health, to keeping you healthy. Let your body do what it's supposed to do. Experience the Balance of Nature difference for yourself. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 800-246-8751. That's 800-246-8751. Or by going to balanceofnature.com and make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code USA. Many of your favorite radio people were inspired by Dr. Johnny Fever. With that being said, we have some sad news to report. Real life DJ turned actor who played a DJ turned history teacher. Howard Hessman has died at the age of 81. Well, it's goodbye to the elevator music. Hessman playing radio disc jockey Dr. Johnny Fever on the sitcom WKRP in Cincinnati. Here on WKRP. This is Dr. Johnny Fever just doing my job. All right, Cincinnati, it is time for this town to get down. You got Johnny. Dr. Johnny Fever, and I am burning up in here. Hessman earning two Emmy nominations for his work on the show, which ran from 1978 to 1982. He died over the weekend due to complications from colon surgery. From the USA Radio News Oregon Bureau, I'm Jeremy Scott. Thanks for listening. It is well appreciated. We are USA.
Radio News. All right, back to you live, ladies and gentlemen. Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, doing a phenomenal job on your radio. We're talking about the Utah legislative session, 45 days of reign of terror is what I like to call it. They're nine days in. We're talking about this HB 99. They call it Civil Commitments Amendments, ladies and gentlemen. It is disaster. Why does the government need to be involved in this at all, Lowell? Well, I asked that same question when they started two years ago mandating masks and stuff. I mean, what business is it of the government to, you know, why do they want to protect my health? That's my responsibility to protect my health, not theirs. They can just stay the heck out of it uh, and let me take care of my health. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, this is serious business, the details of which uh, are very concerning uh, in the bill, Lowell. Uh, Really, the details are kind of the got you in this. Who has control when is the real question, right? Mm, yes, that's the big question. You know, the state purports to control our children, right? They, they think it's, and, and, and I even, in my, in my email to the legislator, I, I, I shared a story where that was uh, in clear, clear, full display, where a doctor thought that uh, he, he had control over my child. You know, I went to the doctor for his opinion, and I thanked him for his opinion. And then when I left, the made, made ready to leave the hospital room, the doctor asked, where are you going? You know, and I said, well, I'm going home. And uh, it, we are going home. We we're there together, my wife and, and our child. And, and he said, well, you know, I, I want to keep your, your daughter here for the night uh, for observation. And I said, well, you know, she's going to be far more comfortable at home, familiar surroundings, love and concern, parents who know her better than anybody else. And uh, the doctor was kind of upset at that. He kind of came unglued and said, well, you got to sign this, this uh, release form right here because, because you, you're taking responsibility for your child. I thought to myself, well, duh, of course I'm taking responsibility for my child. I'm the parent, you know. But, but it just gives the, you, you see the mentality of the people who, who think that they own and are responsible for our children. And, you know, parents are the ones who are responsible. And, and so it's it just, you know, when, when, we, when we get a law like this proposed like this, I mean, it, it just it boggles the mind. You know, if somebody thinks that a child has a mental illness, then, then nothing as bad has happened. They just think that this child has a mental illness. They can take that child away from you, Sam. You, the parent, and it's absolutely flat out wrong. It's a violation of the of the freedom of one's conscience. A violation of all of the due protect due, the due process clauses that uh, we have enshrined in our in our constitution, and it's just insanity. And and I I got so angry that I wrote this email, and I I copied a, a bunch of my friends and family. And out of that, there is at least five uh, at least five other people who wrote their legislator about it so hopefully we can kill this bill in committee i guarantee this is madness to take a child without due process just on the testimony of one person thinking that your child has a mental illness sam well and you think of your personal example uh you you, many americans will have several other examples come to mind for them but you know what? It makes me think of this convicted child molester named James Tubbs as well. Because, again, this is where the system 
makes the decisions. And when you look at the decisions they make, you go, Are you, is this for reals? I can't even imagine. Lol. Well, this 26-year-old man in California, James Tubbs, he was convicted of molesting a 10-year-old girl, right, a juvenile female. And turns out that um, he, uh, well, he, so he's taken into custody. And after being arrested and taken into custody, he adopted a new gender, Sam. He is now purporting to be a lady. And, and so, well, he's still anatomically, he's a male. He hasn't undergone any gender reassignment surgery. Any, he simply identifies. He thinks he's a girl. And so last year, California passed a law that allows convicted criminals to be housed in a facility based on the gender they claim to identify with. And so here's this guy. He's convicted of molesting a juvenile female, and now he is going to be in prison with other juvenile females for the duration of his prison term. It's just madness, Sam. I can't believe that this is the case, but this, this, this law went into effect January 1, that's just 30 days ago, uh, January 1st of this year. Since that law took effect, Sam, there have been 261 requests for gender-based transfers filed by prisoners. Now, you can guarantee, Sam, most of those are going to be male prisoners wanting to be identified as females so that they can be housed with their female inmates in their prison not their male inmates, Sam. And you would say, well, Sam, hold on a minute. You know, this Utah legislative bill is so far from the James Tubbs case example you guys highlight. I don't think so. And I'll tell you why. Because it concentrates power into the hands of the very few with tremendous power. Judge, jury, and executioner power all in one so-called professional or expert in the field, or whatever. And, and yes, if there's good people, it may not go wrong. If Lowell Nelson's in charge, and he says, of course you can take your child home. You're the parent. What are you thinking? Of course. Um, it's a different ballgame. But when you look at the decisions these people are making, um, like, hey, this guy's a convicted child molester. He literally was 17 years old and hauled this little girl in there and, you know, did what he did. And, and you look at this and you go, I how do they think this way, Lowell? That's crazy, Sam. And it also, there's another bill in the Utah legislature about gender, um, uh, uh, well, males competing in female sports. It's, and, and what this bill says right now is that if you're a male and you want to compete with, uh, you know, in female sports, you can do so if you take gender hormone uh, re reassignment ho hormones for a year, right? So if you if you take these, you know, um, these hormones for a year, which uh, is supposed to change you from a male into a female, then you can compete in female sports. This is insane, Sam. This this other bill I'm talking about because what's that? That's an invitation for boys to to take this uh, hormone this hormone therapy so that they can compete with, against females in sports. It's just madness. It's like an invitation. Like, here, do this, and then you can compete in female sports in your high school. Uh, it's just another example of the madness that per pervades you know, the minds of our 
our legislators. We and what say, shocks you know, me is how the media uh-huh. carries the ball for this. So the masses uh, kind of get this as normal, and if you deviate from it, somehow you're not normal. But understand the very few that really control this, right? Think about the very few that said, hey, we're going to allow James Tubbs to go ahead and be with uh, little female girls uh, in prison now or whatever. You know, so these little girls do something they ought not do when they're little. They make mistakes, which you know, but yet now they're in with this convicted molester, uh, all on this premise that somehow he can just reassign his own gender by choice, and that somehow, okay, ladies and gentlemen, this is literally going against everything godly, moral, and of good report, James or uh, Lol. Yeah, you got that right, Sam. It just boggles the mind, and that's why it's so important for us folks to know what our legislators are doing. We have to know this stuff so that we can persuade them to do the right thing. And the good news is that they are persuadable. In other words, they like to be popular, and so if they have enough people beating on them, you know, uh, metaphorically speaking, beating on them to do one thing, they will do that one thing. So, you know, sad but true. You know, it'd be nicer if they were if they had convictions that they followed, because then you would know how they're going to vote all the time. But most of them don't. They just, uh, you know, go with the wind and whatever way the political wind is blowing, that's the way they go. Well, that just means that you and I have to make that political wind. We have to create that, and we do so by sending them emails, calling them up on the phone, sending texts. That pushes, that creates the political wind for them to blow with. Um, so anyway, that's why it's so important, folks. I bring these stories to light so that you know that it, it, you know that the idiocy going on there so it might inspire you, like me, <laughs> get me going to, uh, to take some action of my own, Sam. Amen to that. And I will say this, too. A lot of Americans are frustrated because we can't move the needle towards liberty. These crazy stories and realities just keep assaulting uh, all of us. But I, I submit to you, my fellow Americans, it is by our greater numbers shall we event change. And if we don't have the greater numbers, then it's going to be about impossible to make that change happen, okay? And if you don't believe me, just point your sights right now to Canada. Justin Trudeau literally locking everybody down over vaccines and everything else, very hostile abuse. All this relates to the same idea, right? Same idea as this legislative situation where you get power concentrated in the hands of the very few. Well, you're seeing it in Canada. We'll talk about it in seconds on your radio. If Planned Parenthood were what they publicly declare themselves to be, they would welcome transparency. We all know why they hide, because we know what they hide. We can confirm federal judges who follow the Constitution rather than reverse engineer their preferred policy outcomes. The truth about abortion is spreading because of advances in medical imaging, because of brave journalists, tireless activists, compassionate doctors, nurses, and other healthcare professionals. The rising generation of young Americans is the most pro-life in decades because they know too. And one day soon, we will reaffirm our nation's principles in their dignified fullness and avow once again that all men are created equal. All are entitled 
to life. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. I'm up. I'm ready to go. All right. All right, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Lowell Nelson, campaign for liberty.org on your radio. We got us a convoy, sir. I haven't heard that song for years and years, Sam. That's such a great song. I listen to that all the time as a kid growing up. <laughs> Dog. I used to play with CB radios all the time as a kid, too. Did you ever play with CB radios? <laughs> no, I didn't even have a radio. Uh, I mean, we only had one. We didn't even have a TV in our home. So, no, I just had a, fa- a, a plain old radio. But, Sam, it looks like it's fun, fun playing with one of those, I bet. The reason I bring it up, I don't know if people understand, CB is Citizens Band. And it basically meant that everybody had a little kind of a, I don't know what you want to call it, basically a walkie-talkie in their car or a walkie-talkie. Eventually, they became handheld. They were called CBs. And uh, they were walkie-talkie, but you could communicate with everybody. It was like an open party channel. And uh, if you put a big old antenna on your truck or whatever else, you could literally go 10, 20, 30, 40 uh, miles, 50 miles, and you know, et cetera. And everybody would talk. And so you'd say breaker, breaker, and then the number, 1-9 or whatever channel you were on. And you could talk to all kinds of people all over your local area. And so everybody didn't want to give out their real names, especially females, right? Uh, and so everybody had what they called a handle, and everybody just had a nickname. And, and so I had a nickname uh, on the CB back then. Uh, guess my nickname. You probably can't guess it, lol, but it relates to the radio. I was called Jabberjaw, sir. Jabberjaw. Breaker, That's breaker, right. one nine, Jabberjaw. This jaw. here's Jabberjaw come... telling you we got a convoy <laughs> in Canada. <laughs> well, this is a 40-mile-long convoy, uh, Jabberjaw, uh, across in Canada. They started in uh, British Columbia last Sunday. They arrived in the capital city of Ottawa just this past weekend, Friday and Saturday. So just a couple of days ago, it took them all week. They traveled all across the Canada from the West Coast to the East Coast, basically, involving about 50,000 truckers, Sam, including supporters who drove up from the U.S. as well. 
And uh, so the, why do they do this? Well, because uh, Canada and the U.S. Uh, you know, basically mandated that if you're a trucker and you want to cross the border into Canada, you have to be vaccinated. And then the U.S. made a similar reciprocal policy. If you're a trucker and wanted to cross uh, from Canada into the, into the U.S., you had to be vaccinated. And so this really upset the Canadian truck drivers. And so they, they hit upon this convoy and uh, they drove across Canada, had tremendous support all week long. And then there in the Ottawa, the capital city there in Ottawa, uh, these thousands and thousands of people gathered. I saw some of the footage. Uh, we're talking big, big time, lots of crowds. Now, some people in the group, Sam, they plan to stay there until the government rescinds the vaccine mandate. And I hope they do. I hope, I hope they, that they stay and I hope the mandate is rescinded. And, and this is the same Prime Minister Trudeau who said nearly two years ago, he admiringly, he said that the truckers were heroes. He said, well, many of us are working from home. There are others who weren't able to do that, like truck drivers who are working day and night to make sure our shelves are stocked. So when you can, please thank a trucker for everything they're doing and help them however you can. That was a tweet he sent out two years ago. Now here it is, January of 22, and he mandates that they have to be vaccinated. Yeah, some help, big guy. Well, it's, and uh, that's that's the trouble, Lowell. They talked about the frontline nurses and doctors and uh, medical personnel and, and everybody else uh, when this started and they said hey they were heroes now they're turning on every one of them forcing vaccinations as well the sad part about this whole thing is there's a lot of support from the truckers as we mentioned about 50,000 of them a literal convoy 40 plus miles long but the mainstream press really is uh, black this story out low that's really the telltale because if you can get millions of americans back in the truckers tide would turn against the bureaucrats but this is where the very few control the many, and you and I got to fight hard to jettison that narrative and tell the truth, Lowell. That's exactly right, uh, and you can do that by going to convoyreports.com and uh, looking at the, I mean, you can spread the tale. It's, it's, it's up to us to be the media in these types of things. Uh, we're the citizen reporters. We spread the news, and it gets out there very fast if we'll do just that. Now, some of the best signs, Sam, uh, that I saw in the footage and the pictures that I watched, uh, things like stop the mandate, freedom doesn't require permission. And, and then there were a couple that I think are kind of unique to Canada. One was, uh, uh, oh, Canada, we stand on guard for thee. Uh, there was a lot of signs with that particular slogan on it, Sam. Oh, Canada, we stand on guard for thee. Um, another one I saw. God keep our land glorious and free. That seemed to be a real popular one associated with the Canada, Canadian flag. And then there were, of course, a couple others that I thought were really catchy. This one, Trudeau must go. Yeah, you could, you could chant that, you know, Trudeau must go, you know, uh, Trudeau must go. And then, of course, one really tickled my funny bone is, it was uh, Truck Frudeau. <laughs> kind of like, let's go, Brandon, you know. This sign says Truck Frudeau. And um, very interesting. But this kind of signage was all over the convoy, all over the big protests and rallies being held in Ottawa on, on Saturday. And uh, absolutely disquietude of the people, in the words of uh, James Madison. 
disquietude of the people. One other tweet that I'll mention, Sam, Elon Musk tweeted this. He said, if you scare people enough, they will demand removal of freedom. This is the path to tyranny, end of quote. Very, uh, very true, Sam. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. All I can tell you is this is an example where the mainstream press not even reporting what's really happening. This is uh, international because it's you, uh, the United States and Canada. Uh, but you know what? The power of the individual has tremendous, tremendous power, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk about John Hansen uh, to make the point. You know who he is? Try the first president of, well, you could call it under the art of confederation, really the first president of the United States uh, in many ways, right, Lowell? Yep, that's what people from his hometown there in Maryland say. He was the first president of the United States. Well, he was actually the first president of the Confederated States of America because, as you remember, the states operated for a time, uh, almost a decade, from 1781 uh, to 1789, that's about eight, nine years, uh, under the Articles of Confederation, right? You know, nobody remembers that decade, but the, the states operated under the Articles of Confederation for almost a decade. Now, John Hansen is the name of the gentleman who was president of the Confederated States of America. His grandfather came to Maryland as an indentured servant about 1661. And although John had no formal education, he could read, and he often read the, the essays of Seneca, the Roman philosopher. Now, Sam, I haven't read anything that Seneca wrote, but it sounds like this gentleman was very well educated. <laughs> Um, even though he didn't go to, uh, you know, attend school, he was very well educated, well read. Well, John uh, Hansen became a farmer. He farmed Mulberry Grove directly across the, uh, the Potomac River from none other than Mount Vernon. Interesting, you know, that John Hansen became first president of the Confederated States and George Washington became first president of the United States of America. Very interesting. Well, uh, the reason I'm taking some time on this, Sam, is just to let you know how much of an impact or an influence one person can have on things. So in November of 1781, Hansen became the first president of Congress. And under the Articles of Confederation, the states had no executive branch. And so the president of Congress was, was that president, basically the president of the Confederated States. It's mostly a ceremonial position, but it did require a good deal of correspondence and stuff like that, ceremonial duties. And so Hansen found the word tedious. He wanted to resign, but his departure would have left Congress without a quorum to select a successor. And so out of a sense of duty, he remained. No one had ever been president before, and the role was poorly defined. And so his actions in office actually set precedent for all future presidents that, re that rest of that decade. He took office just as the Revolutionary War ended. And almost immediately, the troops demanded to be paid, as one might expect. And uh, But there were no funds to meet the demand for pay. And so soldiers, they threatened to overthrow the new government and put Washington on the throne as king. We talked about that uh, uh, situation, too. Well, Washington helped to put that put down, <laughs> to, to quench that, that uh, rebellion, as, as you well remember. Um, as President Hansen ordered all foreign troops off of American soil, uh, removal of all foreign flags, he established the Great Seal of the United States, he established the Treasury Department, he established the Foreign Affairs Department, and lastly, he declared that the fourth Thursday of every November was to be Thanksgiving Day. 
boy, howdy, that's a great holiday. One of my favorite, probably my favorite holiday, Thanksgiving. And it was all started because of John Hansen. Well, Hansen retired from public office after his one-year term as president and in poor health. He died one year later. Now, you might think his life was of little consequence, but listen to this. One of his nephews was military secretary to George Washington. Another signed the Declaration of Independence. Another was a signer of the Constitution. And another was governor of Maryland during the Revolution. And still another was a member of the First Congress. Two of his boys were killed in action with the Continental Army. A grandson served as a member of Congress under the new Constitution. Another grandson was a Maryland senator. And so even if Hansen had not served as president himself, he would have greatly contributed to the life of the nation through his progeny. So the bottom line, Sam, is this, the power of an individual to make a difference for good. Uh, let us each stand tall in our efforts to make a difference in this sacred cause of liberty, Sam. I want to be just like John Hansen. I don't need my name recognized. It isn't about me. It isn't about John. It isn't about uh, being a hero or a rock star. It is about the power of one, ladies and gentlemen. You can make a difference for good. you got to stand tall in our efforts to back the sacred cause of liberty. That's what this fight is about. Uh, you know what? Uh, at some point, you won't even know most of these truckers' names. But you'll know they stood for liberty and they stood for freedom and they stood for people to make their own choices. And that's really what we need to stand for and be part of in America, ladies and gentlemen. We really need to make a difference there. It's going to take a lot of work. Now, Jacob Hornberger wrote two articles. I hope we can save these and get to them next week. We just don't have time. One of them called is called A Time for Introspection. And another one is called The Cold War Racket Never Ended for the United States. Both of them relate to following the Prince of Peace, which we ought to do. We ought to really think about who we are, where we stand, what we're doing. Are we advocating for justice and honor in the American way? Are we standing tall as individuals for the sacred cause of liberty? Are we really doing all within our power? Uh, Lowell, thank you so much, sir. Great work. Well, thank you, Sam. A hat tip to Rebel News. If you go to convoyreports.com, it's really the rebelnews.com that's uh, keeping the fire burning under the story about the convoy in Canada. Hats off to them, Sam. And they say they got well over eight reporters, and then I would submit to them countless talk shows telling the tale of liberty along with them. We can circumvent the mainstream press if we stand together and use our greater numbers. For Sam and Lowell, campaignforliberty.org, God save the Republic of the United States of America. Live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for January the 31st in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is our two of two, and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country. 
on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide as we promote the greatest country on the face of the earth. As you know, we believe the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by our founding fathers to be one of the great peaceful, restorative solutions we still have at our fingertips. And as you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. And without further ado, the good doctors back in the house, Dr. Scott Bradley, whose lifelong pursuit and collegiate series to match to preserve the nation is all available at freedomsrisingsun.com. Doctor, hope you had a fantastic weekend, sir. I feel like, uh, again, we talk about this a couple of times, how quickly the year seems to be moving. One thing that's interesting to me is that uh, January 31st marks the uh, 416th anniversary of uh, Guy Fawkes and his co-conspirators being executed in England. They were hanged and drawn and quartered. and It's a pretty ugly process, you might imagine, if you know anything about it. But... You know, it all goes back to the uh, the victors hang the heroes and write the history. And uh, I think it was one of those things. Everybody in England celebrates Guy Fawkes and they burn him in effigy and all this kind of stuff. Little do they know that uh, the king, King James, was a tyrant. And he was trying to seek liberty for the people. But it was exposed and he was executed. And I, I sometimes wonder how often that happens in our country where where the spin that goes on things is is spun completely out of whack. And the people that are really trying to do the right thing for the right reasons end up being portrayed as um, the villains, you know. And so I guess sometimes we need to stop and pause when we get, um, when we get stories off the mainstream media that don't comport to what we really ought to be thinking about so i don't know interesting thing 416 years ago a guy that maybe ought to be mourned as being lost is celebrated by all of the you know uk countries uh because his plot against the king and parliament was uh, was failed and he was executed and they make it a big celebration but i just can't help but think that maybe this was a a kind of a genesis of uh, a freedom movement in England because of the false monarchy that in the past and currently rules England. Anyway, I, you know, I'm taking... There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Speaking of, you got this big deal about Trudeau. Justin Trudeau, uh, Duck's great trucker revolt. Massive rally takes place in Calgary in support of the trucker freedom convoy. Rebelnews.com with the details. This uh, convoy is huge. Mainstream press blackout on it in America. Uh, but look, this thing's got 50,000 truckers, and the, the, the thing is 40-plus miles long. They simply don't like this reality where Canada said anybody coming into Canada, uh, if they're a trucker, must be vaccinated. And then the United States reciprocated and said, fine, anybody coming from uh, you know, it needs to be vaccinated to come into the United States. And the truckers are saying, look, we're not getting vaccinated. We're not doing that. We don't like this. That's not happening. The battle's on, Dr. Bradley. You know, it's interesting. Uh, there's there's so many 
establishment viewpoint compulsory kind of things that are happening in something that, uh, you know, it's like, oh, no, we think you all ought to take chemotherapy to maybe prevent cancer someday in your life. And and you say, well, that's that's asinine. That's one of the most stupid things you've ever heard of. But yet it has become not just a narrative. It is absolutely a script. And, and you know, uh, I'll say it as, as kindly as I can. Perhaps at some point uh, there'll be people that say, to heck with you. I'm not. I'm not crossing your border at all, or I'm not going to go to your big game or your social event or, or whatever. I'm not going to play your game. And I really do believe there's enough of us out there that we could basically starve them out. If the Canadians think that they could, they've got a full-blown, complete, standalone economy, they don't. And what's interesting to me, I just, well, it was yesterday or the day before I read a a, uh, an article about a company, I think they're out of Wisconsin, that's a spice company. They're kind of a, I don't know, a boutique spice company. They sell vanilla and all that kind of stuff, I guess. Anyway, they've, they've uh, got the, their CEO has gone on a tirade against Republicans. And uh, so Republicans have said, to heck with you, we're not going to buy your stuff anymore. And so they've lost some percentage of their... Uh, customer base and now they're whining and crying because we need all the leftists to come in and buy gift cards from us to make up for our lost business well yeah okay i i think there is a um a leverage it's a leverage point prior to violence but i don't know that how far away we are from that kind of stuff in some areas but uh, it's a leverage point where they say no no we're not we're not going to do business with people that have absolutely turned their back on things that mean a lot to us. And, uh, and Canada may find themselves in that boat at some point where if they think they're going to get bananas across the border, I mean, I just that's just a, something that came to mind, but I know they don't grow bananas that widely in Canada, okay? So anyway, there's probably a ton of products, a ton of things that consumers really want that that the people in Canada are finally going to say to their idiot buffoon clown that's running their country, who is a spoiled brat raised in the lap of luxury, uh, his his history of blackface comedy and everything that he's doing. I don't know why people don't remember how these clowns uh, started out. But at any rate, uh, somebody's going to finally perhaps say, and it couldn't happen soon enough in my opinion, that uh, no, we're we're sick and tired. Of, of your tyranny, we are not going to do it anymore. And, and maybe this, this trucker um, convoy is a wake-up call for those that are willing to be woken. Uh, woken. Hmm, that's an interesting term in today's world, isn't it? Anyway, um, if they can be awakened to their complete idiocy of the leadership of their nation, perhaps the nation can still be salvaged. Canada, I mean... Uh, there's so many good things about Canada, not much about their government, but good things about Canada that, you know, I think they're our brothers and sisters in so many ways. You know, here their heritage and their their interests and everything is kind of like the Brits and the Americans after the Revolutionary War. They they're, they they really truly were brothers and sisters in in every sense of the word, and and yet. Um, their leadership, uh, their their leadership, 
is, is just tightening the screws on them. I applaud this trucker thing. I, I think it's a nonviolent way of, of bringing attention to things. Uh, but at the, uh, <laughs> I don't know if their leadership's wise enough to understand it. I think that they think, it's kind of like the, I heard of a, uh, it was a town hall meeting or something back I on the East Coast, and, and uh, there was a discussion about farmers and their importance in society, and one of the uh, snowflakes in the audience said, what do we need farmers for? We've got grocery stores. Well, the... Uh, <laughs> The supply chain, the supply <laughs> chain truly is uh, something that most people don't think too much about. I know in our in our society, and, and I don't know how it is in your area, Sam, but I'm noticing a lot of empty shelves. And I think, you know, we're being prepared for a Soviet-style economy. And uh, I, I just think that that could settle in very heavily on Canada if, if they turn their back on this protest and say, we'll show you who's really in charge of this. And Trudeau really is one of those kinds that doesn't understand that you need farmers to supply the grocery stores and you need truckers to deliver the products. So, uh, Amen to I that. Know. And, you know, what's interesting about this, ladies and gentlemen, is Americans and Canadians and others around the world are peacefully trying to truly let their will be known that we don't want to be locked down, that we don't want to be controlled, that we don't want to be forced. And some uh, of the peaceful attempts have now spilled over into violence. And you got to really ask yourself, did it spill over into violence by accident or was it provoked and created and manipulated, et cetera, et cetera? And that's what I want to talk about today. They wanted you to believe that somehow a trucker uh, went through some barricades. Well, it turned out that's not true. Uh, but these truckers are peacefully demonstrating, and I commend them. I think we have a right to peacefully assemble a 40-plus-mile-long convoy. We have the right to peacefully assemble. Uh, but you know what? Uh, it's running off the rails, but the truth is coming out, and, and we in the media need to really double down and communicate this truth to enough people to really spread the word and circumvent the mainstream press. The mainstream press is losing credibility every day. So is the scientific community, Okay. But this story, Dr. Bradley, I find very fascinating. Here's what it says. Oath keepers could not have done one of the major things of which they are accused of by federal prosecutors. What is that, you may ask? Forced their way into the U.S. Capitol Rotunda on January the 6th, 2021, through the, quote, famous Columbus Doors. That didn't happen, says the attorney. I'll explain why in seconds, and we'll talk about it with Dr. Scott Bradley on Liberty Roundtable Live. Scott Bradley here. Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse... Many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. 
My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Live and on your radio, Dr. Scott Bradley with me, ladies and gentlemen. The Oath Keepers could all have done what they're accused of doing by the U.S. Prosecuting Department on January the 6th, ladies and gentlemen. What are we talking about? The famous Columbus doors. If you haven't heard about them, there are two sets of historic doors that lead into the rotunda. They were opened by someone on the inside and not by his client, says Defense Attorney Jonathan Mosley. The 20,000-pound... Columbus doors that lead into the rotunda on the east side of the U.S. Capitol are secured by magnetic locks and can only be opened from the inside using a, quote, security code controlled by Capitol Police, ladies and gentlemen. So it's impossible and cannot be done. So the attorney's now arguing, hey, you know what? I know you're saying the Oath Keepers literally forced their way inside, but it isn't true. Somebody opened the doors from the inside. I think this is a reality check the government's going to have to deal with that is serious, Dr. Bradley, making the point that somehow these people were basically led in to a slaughter, led into a dishonest, intentional, provocateur act. The doors being opened on the inside proved the point. Uh, This is something they have not been willing to dig into or talk about. They want you to believe it's an insurrection on the 6th. I agree there was an insurrection, but by whom? Certainly not the peaceful patriots like the truckers, like the folks that wanted to go to the Capitol to express their peaceful displeasure. Uh, This was a betrayal, uh, and Jonathan Jonathan Mosley defending some of these clients is proving the point. That's going to be something to reckon with because it's it's pretty factual uh, what he's saying there. Well, it's it's interesting. Again, the uh, the image they're trying to portray is you know have fun storming the castle with these uh, uh, these attacks. I don't you know. It's almost like oh, they brought their own battering rams and their catapults and everything, and they're they're uh, breaking down you know our whole society based on that attack. As as pointed out, that you know these doors weigh about ten tons. Okay, they're huge, and and their locking mechanism is different than, you know, just walking up and somehow pushing on them and the doors opening up. And uh, I, I believe it's something that it kind of goes along with this Guy Fox thing we talked about at the beginning of the idea that 
that uh, they they spin, they create, they they completely fabricate uh, stories about things. It's kind of now again, I probably be criticized for bringing this up, but uh, some may remember back in the 1990s the Ruby Ridge incident in which uh, uh, Randy Weaver and his family were assaulted, literally, by federal agents. Uh, I believe a federal agent that died in it was probably assassinated by one of his own team members, but that's another long story that we can go into. But what came out in the trial, ultimately, and that's what's cool about trials, is in this kind of um, <clears throat> unemotional setting of a court, uh, the facts begin to be exposed. And this is what I think is happening with the Oath Keeper's attorney. He's trying to bring it into the this uh, courtroom that, that they can be analyzed and peeled and looked at and understood where the real truth about things happen. I bring up the Randy Weaver thing because uh, what was discovered, uh, Jerry Spence was the defense attorney for Randy Weaver. They discovered that false, false evidence had been positioned by the FBI. They had actually literally falsified the evidentiary trail and uh, and it was proven that the feds, uh, you know, were really, uh, they were lying through their teeth is what boiled down to. And I just have to wonder, and by the way, uh, the decision was made against the feds on that whole thing and uh, funds uh, was totally inadequate, was awarded Randy Weaver's fan family with the murder murder of his wife and son. and uh, But the fact of the matter is, this thing at the Capitol right now, it needs to be kind of, the onion needs to be peeled in the courtroom. And uh, if you don't have a dishonest judge, I think that this will be a rather interesting exposure about who triggered the opening of the doors and uh, facilitated what is now being uh, you know, basically presented as an absolute open insurrection against the United States government, kind of like the Reichstag fire in 1933 in Germany. It's a it's a rallying point that is being attempted to be made to uh, further constrain the uh, the liberty of the nation as they make false claims. We you know we'll find out whether they're false or not. If they get an if they get an honest review in the courts, and uh, if it is uh, in that well, that light of uh, just reasoned review is exposed of what really happened, this may flip on those that are trying to make this sound like the people that were there were trying to you know storm the castle and and burn the country down. And I I I. I for one, look I, forward to I it. hope we have honesty in the courts. I pray for the truckers. This is a lot of good news that's coming out. And the, the interesting thing about this is um, I don't really trust the courts. I don't have a lot of confidence in them, sadly so. But you know what? Sometimes when things are so blatant, so obvious, so uh, detailed, they end up deciding they're going to go a different direction. I'll give you an example. The Ammon Bundy case. You know, I thought Ammon Bundy was just going to get slaughtered. But it turned out that there was a whistleblower. And it turned out that enough of the truth came out to where the judge... You know, we can commend the judge if we want to and, and for, you know, basically calling a halt and saying the FBI was so criminal, we just got to jettison this case. Um, and it's good, but at the same time, what it did was prevent all the information from coming out. 
Ammon Bundy and crew with the whistleblower in hand, they were ready to go ahead and really blow the lid off and really demonstrate what the FBI and the Justice Department and possibly even the CIA was involved in doing and everything else. So it was an attempt by the judge to really prevent more from coming out so we can learn how evil and how uh, the government really is. Well, this might be similar too, where, you know what? If we're going to dig into the doors and who opened them for the inside, how much else can we dig into and what else will get exposed along the way? The government gets scared of that, and sometimes they do the right thing to head off greater knowledge on our part and greater discovery uh, as well. So they might do the right thing for the wrong reasons uh, in this case, too. That's a very good possibility um, that we see, Dr. Bradley. Well, absolutely. In your, your Bundy uh, case uh, with, Nav- what was her name, Navarro or something like that, Judge? I, I really do believe that she was trying to— I think it was to, Anna Navarro or something like that. Yes, I don't remember her first name. But anyway, she, she uh, you know, you say, oh, they won. They, it was all—everything cleared the deck, was everything was good. But I really do believe it was to facilitate um, a cover-up, if you will. And uh, it's, it's great the Bundys got off. But the fact of the matter is that there had been egregious violations, complete falsehoods, the okay, it's Gloria Navarro, by the way. Gloria, okay. As, yes. As they spent two years in solitary confinement, basically. And, you know, uh, we know the Bundys. I've spoken from the same podium as them at different times. And they're a gentle people. I mean, these are people that are soft-spoken, and and uh, they just want to, you know, have their rights and their blessings of liberty. And, um, you know, have they always done everything right? Probably not. But the fact of the matter is that the... Uh, uh, tyrants that were seeking to, you know, and, and it's the Harry Reeds of the world. I mean, you, you can take this right to that office, uh, the things that were happening to them down in, in Nevada. But, <clears throat> but again, uh, this is a, a situation where some things were brought forth, and as they started to pull on the strings, they started to whoa, do we want this evidence, this information out in public that uh, will show the complete involvement of federal agents to very high levels and in this effort to destroy not just a family but the principles of liberty and and it got shut down and it's great it got shut down but i hope that somehow some way these columbus doors and there's maybe dozens of others other uh, i don't know incidents or or uh, little strings that could be pulled on that might show who really was pulling uh, this thing into a uh, something that they they could put it, build it into a uh, a rallying point against liberty and further cl- shut down our liberty. So yeah, let's let's follow that closely. Uh, Amen. Ray Epps is a big key, though. Ray Epps was seen on video, literally threatening to breach the Capitol, saying that they were going to go in. The Patriots were trying to get him to stop. Uh, you have more and more and more evidence about the female that was shot. Uh, literally by government police. He tried to stop the attackers and those who were rioting uh, as well. We're starting to get more and more and more information on this, ladies and gentlemen. Now the Oath Keepers, they literally couldn't have done what's being claimed they did. You know, hey, I'm not saying some of these people are perfect along the way, but how many agitators within these groups are literally throwing the whole group under the bus? How many unique government assets were involved where? Whether they literally worked for the FBI, CIA, the Justice Department, whether they worked for some military uh, something or whether they were just hired by George Soros or maybe, just maybe they were involved with Black Lives Matter and Antifa. 
Let's talk about what the record shows related to Black Lives Matter. And we'll tell you why we're talking about all this and correlating these in seconds with Dr. Scott Bradley on your radio. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Congressional negotiators are in danger of missing the February 18th deadline for passing the annual appropriations for fiscal 2022. A shutdown is unlikely, but members of the Senate Appropriations Committee from both parties warn that if negotiations fail, it will increase the likelihood that President Biden will have to settle for a year-long stopgap funding measure to keep the government open. North Las Vegas police are investigating a six-car crash with nine people dead in North Las Vegas over the weekend. The driver of a Dodge Challenger was speeding and ran a red light, causing the collision involving 15 people. North Las Vegas Councilwoman Pamela Goins-Brown calls the crash senseless. On behalf of the mayor and this council, our thoughts and our prayers are with the families who are experiencing a tremendous and unnecessary loss due to a careless sense of act. USA Radio News. I know you've been waiting a little bit longer than normal. Jen's manicure spot needs an extra pair of hands. Who's at the front desk right now? Someone who's handy with everything from nail files to spreadsheet files. Deidre's not coming in today, but we have that whole bachelorette Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Instant Match instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your sponsored job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Guys, are you tired of being tired? Frustrated because it seems impossible to lose belly fat? If you're looking for a solution, Andro 400 Max, the extra-strength, all-natural testosterone booster, the safe, easy, and affordable way to gain energy and lose stubborn belly fat. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Go to andro400.com or call 888-400-0435. 888-400-0435. The United Arab Emirates military said Monday it intercepted a ballistic missile fired at Abu Dhabi by Iran-backed Houthi rebels in Yemen just hours after Israeli's president began a historic visit to the Persian Gulf country. The missile attack caused no injuries and fell harmlessly to the ground. Hunter Biden and two business associates received a grand jury subpoena regarding their business dealings in China about 17 months before the 2020 presidential election. The order sent by the Department of Justice to J.P. Morgan Chase Bank asked for the records of any international financial transactions for the past five years involving Hunter Biden, his uncle James Biden, and former business partners Devon Archer and Eric Sherwin. 50-year-old Hunter Biden disclosed the probe in a statement released by his father after the presidential election. In October of 2020, a computer hard drive holding the contents of Hunter's laptop contained a treasure trove of emails detailing his controversial overseas business dealings, as well as explicit photos and videos. USA Radio News. Dr. Scott Bradley with me, ladies and gentlemen, freedomsizingsun.com. We're talking about how Americans have made many, 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 many peaceful attempts to really have government pay attention and listen to us. Remember, government derives its just power from the consent of the governed. 
That's the Declaration of Independence. And we have then delegated authority given to the federal government, very limited in scope, defined by the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. Anything not defined there and specifically delegated is reserved to the states and to the people. The Tenth Amendment, therefore, your state constitution becomes important and vital as well. But we've really tried to be peaceful. The truckers' effort makes the point. But the mainstream press blocks out stories, manipulates the truth, and the press and the government seem to be in bed together on this big time. And so we're talking about the Oath Keepers could not have broken those big 20,000-pound doors uh, and pushed their way in. Somebody opened the doors from the inside. The Epic Times with a big article on this. But I also want to highlight, though, you know what? They're pulling at straws, trying to make the conservatives, the patriots, the Christians, the constitutionalists, the whatever you want to say, into terrorists. They want to call us domestic terrorists. Even if you go down to your local school board and say something's wrong here, then you're a domestic terrorist. Uh, really dub, dovetailing your local school board straight out with the FBI and the Justice Department. Uh, literally, uh, so you got a, a, a connections. And we're seeing more and more of these connections and more and more of these peaceful attempts to go off the rails. But ladies and gentlemen, they're grasping at straws to try to make the average conservative uh, guilty in this case. Meanwhile, the enemy of liberty, FBI, Justice Department, uh, in many cases, rogue agents there, all the way down to your school board. But there are groups that are involved with them. You hear George Soros a lot. You also hear about the Black Lives Matter groups. And if you research their website, they are as hostile as it gets. Now, BLM co-founder, her name is Alicia Garza. And uh, she says this when asked about what the goals of Black Lives Matter are. Ready? To dismantle the organizing principle of society. To dismantle the organizing principle of society. To erase history. To break down societal norms. Defund police. Turn cities into war zones. Disarm the populace. And more. Then you got to look at the violence that took place in 2020. 2021 and here it is don't forget the violence in 2020 after the death of george floyd ladies and gentlemen believe it or not i don't know if you know this but there were 633 riots in the united states think about that and these riots were the costliest unrest in american history okay out of control, ladies and gentlemen. But yet this is what we see, and they're blatantly, publicly admitting, acknowledging, promoting this. Okay? Think about that. Right? You got the violence. 633 riots in the United States, ladies and gentlemen. Think about that number. Think about that massive I don't know what word you want to call it, but agenda here, right? This is just huge. And uh, they're blatantly admitting this, talking about this, to the tune of billions of dollars in property destruction. Violence everywhere. But yet the media, the government pretty much ignores these people, Dr. Bradley, making them really, in my mind, part of the insurrection. Your thoughts. 
Well, you know, it's it's interesting, and we've talked about this a lot of times during your program. The uh, the Marxist origins of a lot of these things should be so readily apparent to anybody that's willing to t spend a nanosecond thinking about them, about the fact that uh, these these ideas of disruption to society, the disruption of the foundations of society. It, it's interesting that uh, all of these kinds of uh, things are they're done purposefully and and with complete focus on the fact that they have an end result desired it's like when um marx and engels were supposed to get the communist manifesto ready for publication by january of 1848 the communists had planned numerous uprisings revolutions insurrections throughout europe uh, during that spring and summer and they needed some unifying document to bring these things together they were really coordinated attacks on society. They had been prepared for many months. And they're not spontaneous responses. This, is, this thing with the Black Lives Matter so clearly follows the original communist methodology that, that it's uncanny. And again, because most of us don't, you know, uh, review history and, and learn from history, it's like, oh, my goodness, where did this come from? It was a spontaneous uprising, blah, blah, blah. Most expensive societal disruption things in America's history. And suddenly it just comes out of the woodwork. Well, and, and as you read their, the things that they're attempting to do, it, it's just shocking how closely it, it follows. Um, well, here's... Um, well, let's just look at what the communists want to do. They wanted to abolish all existing governments. Okay, they wanted to abolish government. Wait a minute. Well, that's what the Black Lives Matter are trying to do. You know, it's this, they want to establish a new dictatorship, the working class. You know, it's it's astonishing, the parallelisms, but, but most Americans have never even considered or reviewed history, and they don't know how closely these, Things are aligned with that. Now, by the way, the it's interesting, the black lives matter. Of course they matter. Every, every life matters. And see, people say, oh, well, you're racist if you say white lives matter. No, but the fact is the Southern Poverty Law people have branded those that say all lives matter as being radical, racist, uh, subversives that need to be watched. And you talk about how over time these uh, mergings of, of uh, what shall we say, Efforts against the good in favor of the bad have kind of gotten institutional approval. You remember, Sam, back in 2008 when Chuck Baldwin was running for president and, and these fusion centers um, did, did their, they identified those that had bumper stickers for, oh, Ron Paul or Second Amendment or anti-abortion or Chuck Baldwin were identified as, as radical potential terrorist people and you and I called into the Missouri Fusion Centers on a radio program live one day. I don't know if you remember this or not, but we got stonewalled and hung up on and everything because we were trying to get to the bottom of who was who was putting this together. Bottom line was it was a federal government managed effort to make Second Amendment supporters, anti-abortion supporters, people that supported Ron Paul and Chuck Baldwin, you know, Candidates who were standing for liberty in the American original way, they were identified by government agencies as potential terrorists. 
and and it's it's just astonishing to me how these other organizations that are absolutely blatantly communist in their origins in their uh, principles that they're seeking to bring forth are given a pass and and the the people that are trying to say no 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 let's not go down that path are found by government agents to be potentially dangerous that need to be completely controlled and contained and maybe even arrested and incarcerated it, it's just astonishing so you really got to ask yourself you know is it the george soros the black lives matter the antifa the uh you know communists the hillary clinton crowd the democrats the i don't know what word you want to use for them is that a greater threat or is it government or is it the media in bed with government you know who's the greater threat and i don't know but i know americans have really conservative christian americans have two great threats right now that is government and they're in bed with then all these other groups, from the George Soros to the BLM co-founder Alicia Guy, um, Alicia Garza. These people, okay, they're all together, and I'm not sure which is the greater threat for us, because one would take violence to the streets, blame it on us. Uh, they did that in um, uh, what's it called, Ville? Uh, what's that place called? Charlottesville. They did that at the Capitol. Uh, and, okay, so I don't know which is worse, the violence in the streets, violating our First Amendment, or government. It's all seems to be rolled into this big thing. But look, I can't peacefully assemble. If I do, then the Black Lives Matter will, will take it over and destroy it. The government will then say I had an insurrection. My peaceful assembly turns into an insurrection. I can't speak out on it because Facebook will shut me down. Can't go to church because, by golly, you know, you might spread COVID. Can't have a redress of grievance because the courts won't hear anything. They won't hear of it, whether it's election fraud or anything else. All five of your First Amendment guarantees are absolutely on the bonfire as they try to so, destroy liberty. So Dr. Bradley will respond in just seconds. Let me let me just take this quick break. I'll have you just tear it up on the other side, Dr. Bradley. Hang tight. Dr. Bradley's website, by the way, freedomsrisingsun.com. Check out his collegiate series to preserve the nation back in seconds on your radio. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular 
are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. Back to the live, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Scott Bradley with me. I was making the point right before the break. You know what? I don't know what's is the worst enemy. The government in bed with the media trying to basically call, uh, you know, parents and, and conservatives and Christians literally domestic terrorists or whether it's these Black Lives Matter people violating uh, all of our First Amendment rights. You know, between that and the government, man, which is the greater enemy? Uh, the reality is the American people, anytime they exercise any of their First Amendment rights, flat out, shut down misrepresented, and then the media just runs with the ball uh, and really, really upsets the landscape. This is serious. The reason that I bring it up so serious, Dr. Bradley, is because eventually I think the conservatives are going to lose their patience. And if they do and they decide they're going to take greater action, then what happens? Uh, that's the concern. You were saying right before the, you were, the pause, you were responding to this violations of all of our First Amendment rights, sir. Well, indeed, all of the First Amendment rights have have been, if you will, placed on the altar and sacrificed to the god of, of uh, globalism and, and uh, false government. And, uh, you know, it's interesting, you know, the First Amendment is where it is because, yeah, we, we do have this religious thing in the speech and the press and the assembly and, and petitioning government. All of that is absolutely essential. It is the peaceful means by which our society is maintained. And, uh, and they're... There's a stability that's brought to society with all of these things. And then you might say, well, the Second Amendment is in case the First Amendment doesn't work. But, th but the point of the matter is the Second Amendment is under blatant attack right now. And you look at what's happening, for example, um, with, uh, with Australia and Canada. Uh, it, it, the tyranny has become, we started out with the Canadian truckers thing. The tyranny that's being implemented in those countries is unbelievable. I mean, these are people that have a heritage just like us. These are people that that came out of a, you know, they, they were free men, well, women, you know, it, it, this is a general term. They were a free people based upon the, the uh, origins of, uh, you go back to Blackstone's commentaries on the law. These are the rights of free men. Commentaries on the law tells where freedom is, is found for the people of the British, you know, original uh, UK, if you will. England, and it was exported to Canada, it was exported to Australia, and now look what's happening there. Well, there's something that's very common between the two. Both societies are completely, basically disarmed. They have had uh, tyrants over the years, and it was quite a number of years ago that the Australians had a big buyback policy where they bought back the firearms, and, and, and now they're just being run roughshod by the whole program uh, that, that the Australians have happened. I, I fear for the people of Australia and for Canada 
But it's interesting, if we will renew our understanding of these things and we will become defensive of those things, make our voices heard, it's interesting, you know, you've advertised a time or two our, uh, our lecture series and so on, and you talk about who's involved in this. Well, certainly the big tech and the big media and the, the political world and, and the big money, I mean, they're all complicit. They're all part of it. This is the, Their tentacles reach into almost everything. But there are venues that we can go to to kind of uh, gain understanding. And your program is something I know you try very hard every day to make it happen. I just I just was uh, looking through some of the emails I got over the weekend. Uh, here's a, a woman that writes, your lectures are amazing. I'm listening to them with my 12-year-old and hope to spread the knowledge as we learn. We're your lifetime fans. God bless you with all the work you do. Uh, another one, uh, a husband and wife, truckers that listen to these lectures as they go across the country. And, and, and they said that they, they listen to them start to finish, and they start them over again. They say, you know, they by the time they're done listening to them, they're weeping because of the fact that the nation has abandoned so much. But then they kind of get the renewed hope, and they start them over again. It's kind of like rereading the scriptures in a sense that, that we realize that we do have a sound foundation. And those are the kind of things that have got to happen. You know, Sam, that we were deplatformed. We had 1,500 videos. Uh, they were painstakingly put together, hundreds and hundreds of hours of effort to help people understand the basis of our liberty. And uh, the powers that be decided we weren't their flavor. We weren't their, you know, we didn't, we didn't have their um, focus that they wanted. And they completely destroyed 1,500. They're, they're just gone, poof. Everything's gone. If you go and you look at these previous videos, uh, video unavailable kind of thing. You get this black screen that comes up. It's a, it, it really is a tragic travesty. And uh, they have reached th these private tech companies that were many of them helped to be developed by taxpayer dollars have become instruments of government oppression. And, and they're helping the falsehoods be facilitated. And, of course, they have deep pockets with, the, as you've brought out a couple of times, the likes of George Soros are uh, uh, funding things like this. And uh, it's, it's, the part of the problem is <laughs> I, I don't know where all the funding's coming from. It's like such a large portion of the funding for the communist revolution in 1917 in Russia came from the United States. There were people like... Uh, Oh, they were communists that, that came out of uh, uh, the United States that went over there to facilitate the overthrow of freedom in Russia. And uh, so some of these people that, that look like they're kind of somewhere part of America's heritage are helping overthrow our freedom. So we've got to look at these other sources and, and focus on them. And if enough people come to understand, we can regain everything, if we will. But if we become, uh, we're, we're more interested in a Super Bowl game than, than what's being preached here, well, we probably will lose what was won at such great cost, you know? So, I don't know. I pray the answer's no, sir. But I predict I the answer's going to be yes. And, and the reason I say that is because, again, there's not morality in the people, Dr. Bradley. And I know we go back to this all the time, but I think it's really, 
really relevant and important to do so. Look, if we're not a moral and a religious people, what puts us above the other guys? The fact that we just uh, don't want to engage in violence? The fact that we don't want to engage in dishonesty and lies and deceit and manipulation? The fact that we don't really want to promote tyranny? But as long as we're titillated with bread and circus, and sadly now as it gets more violent, blood and circus, uh, you know, I don't see that we have a prayer unless we turn to our God, the author of our liberty, repent and change. A moral and a religious people will have liberty. Those who don't understand that will lose all their freedoms. This is not a game. This is not an opinion. This is a reality check, Dr. Bradley. Well, there is a moral imperative. And, and I've got a, a chapter in my book that talks about that at length because, honestly, the uh, it, it's a central theme to even be beginning to preserve our blessings of liberty is is this moral imperative we can it's, it's chapter nine by the way in my book in case anybody's interested but but in there i i review many of the different things that the founding fathers said about virtue and morality and religion and its imperative nature if we're to re- retain our liberty we are not a a secular state as everyone would have us believe we began as a uh, a religious foundation, not a sect, but our desire to have the privilege of worshiping our almighty God and, and pleasing our God as we came to understand his will in our lives. And and it's uh, it's just astounding to me that, that we have we have abandoned those things and as we've done so our liberty has been diminished. Here's a letter I often use uh, from seventeen eighty five that Thomas Jefferson wrote to his nephew, Peter Carr, in Virginia. Jefferson, as you may well know, was in France at the time as our ambassador. And he admonished his his nephew. He says, pursue the interests of your country, the interests of your friends, and your own interest also with the purest integrity, with the most chaste honor. The defect, these virtues can never be made up by all the other acquirements of body and mind. Make these then your first objective. Give up money, give up fame, give up science. Give the earth itself and all it contains rather than do an immoral act. And never suppose that in any possible situation or under any circumstances, it is best for you to do a dishonorable thing, however slightly so it may appear to you. Whenever you're about to do anything, though it can never be known but to yourself, ask yourself, how would you act were all the world looking at you and act accordingly? Encourage all your virtuous dispositions. There's just one little letter to a nephew. and You know, it's like if we applied those principles, but the, the head of our government does not. It's lies, lies, and more darned lies is basically what's happened. We find those that sit in the seats of judgment of this government very often are driven by an agenda that is un-American in its origins and more, far more Marxist than we can possibly imagine. And uh, they're gaining ascendancy. And because we're dis- distracted by the entertainments of the day, Babylon, if you will, uh, Americans are letting it slip through their fingers. It's a very tragic situation that we find. But there is hope, today. ladies and gentlemen. We do have the greater numbers. There is always the opportunity to turn to our God and repent. Uh, he will bless us if we do. The supreme law of the land still is the blueprint for liberty. Uh, People can insist on divisions of power uh, and chaining down those who lord over us uh, with the United States Constitution and their state constitutions. Uh, There is hope, folks, as we prepare 
and we create a remnant of people prepared to receive the Lord Jesus Christ when he returns, we may not fix the whole nation. We may not bring along the masses, but we can seek for, find, and work with those people who will become God's people. That is happening. Never forget it. And the good news is there will be uh, a people to welcome their God when he returns. There will be a people prepared. The flag will be blown in the breeze uh, when Christ returns. That's the good news, Doctor. Well, uh, that's what we're seeking to bring about. But it is an, salvation is an individual thing. I mean, we don't get collective salvation, you know, in, in God's kingdom. I mean, there's each of us will stand before that great judge and be judged according to our, our works, our intents, our heart, all those kinds of things. I mean, it'll be a perfect judgment. But, but just because you make it doesn't mean I'm going to, you know. And, and we need to recognize that, it, that this individual salvation thing really is something we need to be working on. We begin with ourselves. We go to our family. We take it into our, our churches and our communities. And we, we seek to, to stand for all the goodness that, that could possibly be done on earth. And uh, it's kind of like everybody sweeping their front, front porch, as they used to talk about in the old world. If everybody swept their front porch, you know, the whole community would be cleaner, you know. And, and so that's the thing we've got to do. It's, it's small beginnings, just like the Savior's kingdom on earth from the millennium, the, the uh, uh, beginning of, of the of Christian time. era. All right. So there you have it, ladies go. and gentlemen. We, we can make a difference, folks. I agree salvation is an individual reality, but I also agree that we can work together and our greater numbers can provoke, peacefully enact change. Return to our founding father-esque understanding of the proper role of limited constitutional government. The proper role of government, if you will. For Dr. Scott Bradley and Sam Bushman, freedomsrisingsun.com, his website, our websites, libertyroundtable.com, lovingliberty.net. Spread the word, tell the tale. We the people, along with the grace of the Almighty, we can and will restore America. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. <laughs>